Please, may we bow our head for a quick prayer of illumination. Dear Lord, open our ears and eyes so that we may see your spirit in the word that's to be spoken. Bless us with understanding that will come from your word. Allow us to see not the words we think are in front of us, but your blessings, your help, and your salvation that is in front of us. Grace us with the spirit and the ability to see what you wish for us to see. Amen. And thank you, Rebecca Jonah, for reading the scripture today. Good morning. Before I get started, just so you know, um, I am stuffed up with sinus congestion, so I'm going to apologize now and ask for your prayers while I get through this. Our scripture reading from the New Testament is Hebrews 12, 18 to 29. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Be careful that you do not confuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sion, sorry, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means, that all of creation will be shaken and removed, so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. This is the word of the Lord. 
The gospel reading this morning is from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed by your, of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water. This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Thanks be to God. The message today from the scripture readings that I drew from the scripture readings is honestly, do we draw or choose to have fear or hope for the future? One of the big things that stood out to me when I read the gospel reading in Luke is I read about a lady who had been isolated, who lived in fear, and quite frankly, had an exceptionally terrible time of it. She came from a place of darkness. She came from a place of pain, of suffering, of being an outsider. And she wasn't crippled by her own actions, but it says, by an evil spirit. Something had come and done this to her. And she had to live with the consequences of that for 18 years. Now I'm only 24, but 18 years sounds like way too long for me. That's the majority of my life. That's longer than my front row has been alive. And to think about that day in, day out, being punished for something I didn't do, that I had to live with, I didn't like that. And one thing that always hit me about this is she was unable to stand up straight. I just want you to picture this with me. Right now I'm standing up straight, yes? I can look right up to the Lord, I can see the beauty around me. What happens when I'm crippled over? What do I see? How many of the beauties around me do I see when I'm crippled over? Do I see the beautiful people in front of me? 
Do I see that gorgeous piece of stained glass that I never look at enough? My world becomes closed. Not only was I isolated, but now I am isolating myself. I'm losing hope. I'm afraid. Now, I intentionally chose the monkey story for the children's story for a reason. These monkeys needed nutrition. They needed food. They needed stuff to grow and be healthy. And I feel like someone in the audience is going to be like, please do not tell me you are going to liken Jesus, the Pharisees, and this crippled lady to monkeys. I am. To me, this crippled lady represents a monkey. She's not in the first one where they shocked them. She's in the later tests where there's no more shock. But she's still there. She needs the nutrients. She needs something to help her heal. But she doesn't think she can go and get it. She goes to church. But she doesn't think she can get the healing there because she doesn't see that happening there. The other monkeys, the Pharisees, have been socially taught over the years that if this person is coming for help and they need this, if they're going to reach for that banana, why do they get it? What's it going to cost us? And I'm not saying initially that there isn't a reason for having this thought. Because maybe at one point there was a cost for helping her. But I picture that ladder as the stairway to heaven. No one likes that song? Okay. And up at that stairway to heaven is the bananas. The bananas are the God, they're what God gave us, the love, the faith, the healing. And some days, I don't know about you, but I'm afraid to reach out for that. And God saw that. God saw that we were struggling. God saw that this lady was struggling. And I'm about to make it worse. Jesus wasn't a monkey. He's the bananas. God said, I'm going to take myself, my love, my healing, and everything that is up here, and I'm going to bring it down to you. He sent us Jesus. He sent us the bananas. He sent us something to love, to feed, to guide, and to nurture us. And this threw the other monkeys for a loop. I mean the Pharisees. Because they had just had the rules changed on them. They grew up where they thought they knew a society of, we act this way and we don't get hurt. Therefore, it's right. But that's living, worshiping a different God. That's living, worshiping a God who's infiltrated even in here. I know this God is whispering in the back of my ear right now. This God is fear. This God tells us 
that we're alone, we're not liked, we're unlovable. In this God, it tells us that we will maintain whatever order we think so we don't get hurt. And this God leads to victim blaming. They did something to earn that. That's not me. We're not going to reach out and help because that might happen to us. Is that the way our God speaks to us? No. God saw that we needed nutrients and help and that we're stuck worshiping this false idol, this fear. And he said, I'm not going to let that have power over you. I'm pushing that aside. That is a feeling. That is a God. That is not something you need. I'm here for you. And I see that you are struggling to reach the nutrients in what you need. So I'm sending you bananas. I'm sending you my son. So that way, on that day, the paradigm shifted. Instead of it being there are 6 days a week for working, it is when can we love and help someone? When can we provide them what they need? When can we let God shine through us? Now, it says this shamed his enemies, but all people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. I want you to all picture your monkeys. If you need to method act and beat your chest, go for it. But picture your monkeys, and you are in this cage, and you're hungry. But you're not allowed to go up that ladder because the people around you say that that's wrong. But you're hungry and you're worried. And suddenly, there's bananas right on the ground, right where you can reach them. What do you do? Yeah? Eat them. Jesus just put God in the forefront of in the center. and he was there for us to see to talk to to enjoy to love and some people who had been the ones that were arguing against this point so hard felt shame because something that they thought would bring them pain was brought to them in a way that didn't and they didn't know why they had argued or fought against it so hard sometimes they just knew that that's what they used to do and i come back to the reading of luke and i keep thinking about this lady for 18 years she was crippled and for those same 18 years she went to the synagogue and she put her love and faith and trust in god i feel like we could do a blind raising of hands but who some days when they're having a hard time doesn't go to church because maybe they feel a little disconnected
Look at what her love and faith and choosing to not live by fear brought her. She was healed in a time and a place that seemed exceptional. This is not what she would have predicted. When I read this, I also read this with a double lens view. Because today and this week, I'm terrified. I don't know if you asked David hear me er asked me earlier, but I leave on Wednesday. And I'm going away to Vancouver. Do you know how many people from my home church are in Vancouver? I haven't met one there yet. And I have those little whisperings of fear and doubt in my back ear. Are you doing the right thing? Are you smart enough for this? Do you know how much things cost out there? Wow, it's scary. And then I keep coming back to just the fear. When I was driving here today, my hands were shaking, my heart was racing, and I was freaking out, which is why I drove alone. <laughs> and I thought of this gospel. I thought of how for 18 years, this person could not see the bright, they could not see the joy, but they kept going. They had faith. They had faith in God and the people around them. And that brought great joy. And sometimes doing something to help someone or reach out to help in their darkness to bring them joy, to do what Jesus did and give them the nutrients or the bananas they need is beyond what I can compare. I'm gonna speak about myself one more time. This summer, for fun, yes, for fun, I started working at a suicide helpline. And I worked last night. And I spoke to this lady who was in a pit and well of fear that had built up over a lifetime. She was crying. She was scared. She was depressed. She was having an anxiety attack. And she asked me, how do you pray? I'll admit, I pray frequently, but I've never been asked, how do you pray? Have any of you ever been asked, how do you pray? No? Oh, I got two, three. Well, I think we should talk about that a little more because I was flustered and I was afraid. So we started talking about God and we started talking about prayer and putting our love and faith in God. And you know what? This is someone who'd never been to church and we talked for an hour. She prayed for me at the end of the conversation because she had faith. She said she was choosing to leave the fear behind and take the olive branch I'd extended. The people, when Jesus healed them, were choosing to leave the faith 
They were choosing to lead by faith. Leave the fear alone. Not wonder, when will I not be able to walk again? But say, this happened and let's move forward. They chose to share and to go forward and rejoice. No longer were the bananas up on that ladder, but they had been brought down and we were distributing them to each of the monkeys. I'm sorry, I could not say that with a straight face. To me, it got me challenged in thinking, do we as Christians, do we as this church, or do I choose hope or fear for the future? Because we're all having tough times in different ways. I feel like saying, raise your hand if you've never had a tough time. I don't see any hands going up. When you think about it though, how do you approach your tough time? How do you get through it? Do you use prayer or do you fear? How do you think you're gonna get through this together? Yeah? I love that answer. You might be afraid in the beginning, but you'll put your hope and faith in God and pray. On Pinterest, which I'm a huge fanatic for, they have two definitions of fear. Fear everything and run, or face everything and rise. So whether or not you have fear in your life, how are you going to use it? Are you going to use it to go towards hope? Do we choose hope for our future? I certainly hope you do. And I certainly hope I do.